0: Hello, frazzled woman. Welcome to La Vital Core Salon. Are you a type A, an imposter, an activity addict, or maybe even a recovering perfectionist? Are you kind of burning out? And do you secretly crave a hug or a high five? If that's you, you're in the right place in time and space. I'm your host and salonier, Kara Martin-Snyder. Before we go any further, this podcast features adult women having adult conversation And sometimes it's potty-mouthed. If you have little ones or folks around that won't pardon that kind of French, now's a good time to throw those headphones on. Each episode, my job is to introduce you to a modern woman who is out there leaving her unique stain on the world without letting bullshit or burnout slow her down. Hey everyone, welcome. I want to introduce you to Robin Rodig today. I met Robin during a 10-week fundraising challenge I did back in 2014 in memory of our common friend Pat Noodle Newell. Before even talking to me, she was all in and generously donated a week at her Cali Beach House for the auction for the LLS Gala. In the years following, I've seen what a love of travel she has and how appropriate that donation was at the time. Robin played by all the rules growing up. We're talking perfect attendance in elementary school, a college application dense with high school extracurriculars, and 16 loyal and fulfilling years with the same company in corporate America. Without knowing where her next paycheck would come from, she listened to her gut, left her job, and booked a flat for a month in the beautiful Bernice Oberland in Switzerland. She's never looked back as she travel writes, snaps photos, and makes art all around the world. Robin, welcome to the Vital Core Salon. Hi, Kara. Howdy. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: I have the chills. I'm so happy to be here.
0: So, introduction
1: sounded like somebody else. I don't even know who you're talking about.
0: (laughs) No, I'm talking about you, you glamorous one. I can't believe it. (laughs) So when I was prepping for our session and thinking about what I wanted to ask you, I literally had to, like, after about an hour and a half or so, like, just pull myself away from the question list that I had started scribbling. I feel like there's a million <laughs> things we can talk about. But yeah. I was thinking, maybe we start with that that really incredibly bold leap that you made. You know, maybe sure. you can give give our listeners some insight into what you were kind of doing in corporate America and what sure. finally made you say enough and just book that that Swiss flat?
1: Sure, of course. Um, you know, uh, I actually, as you said, I worked for um, 16 years for a company called Jimboree, the Jimboree Corporation. A lot of people know it um, as a children's retailer. Um, I happen to work in the play and music section of the company. Um, so basically, parent-child interactive play and music classes. Um, it was completely up my alley from the minute I joined that company. Um, And I essentially worked my way through the ranks, not purposefully, (laughs) but just because I loved what I was doing all along. Um, I started as a teacher in the program and went into single site management and multi-site management and eventually over the years um, supported our um, franchise community um, in the U.S. and Canada. So it progressed very naturally for me. Um, And But I would say... (laughs) Probably about a year prior to me leaving, I definitely started seeing the stress and the anxiety of perhaps what I was doing um, or whatever misconnection or disconnection I was having with my job um, manifest itself in physical symptoms to me. And I didn't put it all together, frankly, um, I think until I actually got on the plane to Switzerland. <laughs> so I'll tell you about that in a second. Wow. But, um, yeah. Um, so I, I started waking up in the morning with that pit in my stomach the minute I would open my eyes. And um, I just and, and would think about what I had to do for the day and what the day had looked like for me. And although I had a lot of flexibility and worked from home most of the time, um, the company was very good to me over the years, there was something, like I said, that was not, not working for me at that point. And I think that my body and, was telling me this isn't right anymore. And um, so I, I just finally said to myself, you know, one of those mornings when my eyes opened and the pit of my stomach was just like nagging at me. Um, I just remember thinking to myself, this can't be what it's going to be like for the rest of my life. (laughs) And so I need to somehow make a change. Um, About a month prior to me leaving, I also started having migraines, which I had never had in my life before. And um, I'll never forget, um, I had gone to the doctor. um, You know, he had shared with me that it sounded like what I was experiencing with migraines. And Tara the minute I will never forget sitting on that plane when I actually was going to Switzerland and taking off for this sort of new part of chapter of my life, um, I thought to myself, wow, I, I don't feel that anymore. And it was like, and I've never had one ever since. So wow. um, there, it was it was really an interesting thing to look back on now, but experiencing it at the time, I wish I had started to pay more attention to the way that I think it was manifesting itself. So that's, that's how I, that's how and why I decided to make the jump that I did.
0: Wow. And it's really interesting. Cause the, you know, I had a teacher who always used to use the expression and now I use it all the time. Yeah. The body yeah. never lies. Right. Yes, and and this was, that. this was in a Pilates set setting, right? So like you would have yeah. clients come in and doing a workout and you know, you'd look at their intake form and you'd ask them questions. Yeah. And then you would see something crazy happening like with their spine when they moved and you'd ask like, oh, is that has there ever been any injuries to your back?
1: You know, yeah. you'd you'd be yeah. like, something's
0: not right. And they're right. like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I had a car accident and like four surgeries following that. And right. so like, even though the, the the client had sort of forgotten to give you that information in a way, it's like <laughs> yes. the body never lies.
1: <laughs> right. It's so true. I definitely felt like I experienced that. Um, and I would, I, it's one thing that I share with people um, when, if, they, if in fact they're experiencing physical symptoms of their own, too. I'm certainly no doctor, um, but just to really pay attention to your gut when stuff is going on. So,
0: yes. And I know, yeah. I know we've talked in the past. I mean, this, this was my journey to this work. You know, years ago, that it was absolutely. You know, it was it was more than just my bowels that were irritable. (laughs) Let's just say that.
1: (laughs) I know, and I say trust your gut. Yes, very lovingly to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Robin, just because I think more women than just us experience that. I mean, I yeah. You know, had something. Had something changed in your job and you were just starting to see the signs magnified? Or do you think this was something more intuitive that it just, like, mm-hmm. you weren't getting the message so it had to get louder?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, I always, I, I felt, you know, in looking back um, that uh, the job was very, um, and the work I was doing um, was very predictable. Um, in a good way. I I, I did know what was coming up. You know, I did know what I needed to do every day to be successful in what I was doing. Um, And so I I do think it was much more of an intuitive thing. Um, Nothing really changed with the job. And ironically, perhaps that's part of what what was nagging in my gut is the routine of it all. And I really felt as if um, I just, needed to shake things up, um, but it's risky to do that, and it's scary yes, it to is. do that, um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people like us put it off as long as they can um, until, you know, maybe something more dire happens, you know. Um, like but, migraines. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> or, or on the flip side, um, you know, really um, starting to, uh, I, I never wanted to leave that job in that company um, on a bad note. And I feel like if I had continued on that path, um, it would have come to that. You know, I think I would have, I think my level of productivity would have decreased. I think that I would have become more resentful. Um, And so, um, you know, I, I I wasn't mindful of that. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that it was a little, it was more intuitive than anything. Um, So that's, yeah, to answer your question.
0: Cool. Can you talk to me what yeah. it was like when you finally like just booked that flat? Like what – Yeah. What – right before that happened, like what went through your mind? Was it excitement? <laughs> was it like, holy shit? Was it a speedball of yeah. both?
1: a lot of trepidation. Um, and I wanted to give my um, – I wanted to give um, my supervisor, who had essentially been my supervisor since I started there – Um, I had a very um, long relationship with her and many of my colleagues. Um, I just wanted to give them as much notice as possible. And so when I booked the flat, um, I had, I had been looking online at places, uh, you know, first, a couple of weeks prior to that. And I, I knew in my heart of hearts that as soon as I clicked book it, (laughs) that, I was going to have to give my notice. And so it was this like, it was sort of tearing at me. Um, And one day I think I had just hit that, that wall. You know, I just didn't want one more day of waking up with that pit in my stomach and, you know, those, those things that were starting to overcome me physically. Um, And I was just ready for something new. And um, I think it was just an overwhelming sense of needing some newness in my life And um, I finally got my finger to click on the button. (laughs) Um, And as soon as I did, um, there was a lot of relief about that. But I also knew, um, but I was also scared um, about what was, you know, uh, what was to come in a very uncertain future. (laughs) I just knew that um, I needed to shake things up. And um, just taking that first step, I think, was, the catalyst to it all if so I understand for anyone who's nervous about doing it it's not easy
0: no it certainly is not and I I wish there was never I never had like as dramatic a moment as like the instant I push this button it was like I was gonna willingly send my life into what potentially you know because we think about worst case scenarios in those moments right
1: yeah yeah you know, that you were
0: going to send your life into this major tailspin or something. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think, oh gosh, I mean, this is a whole other topic we can talk about at some point too. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people I've come to realize over the years that are very uncomfortable with change and very uncomfortable with living a non-traditional lifestyle. And, And when... Uh, even just sharing sort of my excitement about the next phase, Um, I wasn't very prepared, I think, for some of the um, hesitation and reluctance I received from some people um, as a response. And that is definitely, it was, I felt like I was entering this new life of freedom for myself. And yet at the same time, ironically, I was realizing that I was also um, needing to, um, what's the right word? Um, sorry, I just, uh, grow a thicker skin, <laughs> yep. you know, and it seemed a little backwards to me uh, and not totally how I expected it to go, but, um, but that's okay. You know, you, there's a great quote that I love and it says, sometimes the people around you won't understand your journey. They don't need to, it's not for them. And I just really love that, and um, needed to really embrace that from that point on.
0: That's a really great point that you're bringing up, and I think, obviously, the the statement I'm about to make is an incredible generalization. But I think, sure, you know, women on the whole, like we yeah. we often care more about other people's opinions, like. Not yeah. because we're sensitive to it. Like, you yeah. know, we want there to be a tribe. We want there. Yeah. And I, and I think that's comes from, you know, sort of primal psychology in a way. Sure. What advice would you have? Because that quote is great. But, like, what what do you think, like, in the day-to-day or, like, mm-hmm. maybe even in the conversation-to-conversation, like, when you're experiencing that? You know, it sounds like you've had mm-hmm. to to get a thicker skin in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of that kind of pushback from people. What's helped yeah. you, or what did it look like? Like if someone listening was like, "How do I grow thicker skin?"
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think it has just a lot to do with um, maybe two things. Um, one thing I would say is make sure to really listen to the people around you who love and support you. Um, that, that I think, has been one of the best pieces of advice I followed just as I picked up along the way to um,
0: manifest
1: my photography and, and art business that I do now that's derived from my travels. Um, you know, having people say, having people tell me um, that, how much they enjoyed, say, reading a blog post of mine or um, that they really felt like they were there with me um, or, you know, loving a piece that I created from fabric that I brought back from Indonesia or whatnot. And I think that, to your point, and again, sweeping generalizations for sure with women, but um, we often, um, I think, um, we tend to be self-deprecating um, and also kind of just sweep it away. I, I was definitely, and, and still am to a degree, one of those people who um, it, it's not always easy for me to accept a compliment, um, but I really just started listening to people and what they were telling me about my strengths and abilities and actually thinking and actually starting to believe it myself. <laughs> and so I think that's a really important, that has been an important step for me. Um, is to trust those people. Um, and I think the other thing is, Kara, um, um, can you re- uh, repeat your question again just so I can get to the, the point a little more directly?
0: Yeah, of course. So how can someone listening, you know, from your oh, experience, yeah, how skin. can someone listening get thicker skin? hmm right.
1: Um, so definitely listening and also, um, I think it just comes from a strong sense of self. Um, and that's, again, I, that's not easy to cultivate. And I think it's something that comes over time.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but I, I do think that the more that you are true to listening to your gut and to the, the right path that you're on, you, that, that comes a little more naturally. And that's definitely been the case for me anyway. So that's what I would say is just listen to those that you trust, who love and support you uh, that are around you um, and believe what they're saying. Um, And also, um, you know, just the stronger sense of self, I, I think just comes with time when you're on the right path.
0: Great, great, great advice. And, you know, this is going to be, this is going to sound like another strange question maybe, but I think sometimes, especially when I have clients or listeners that are very, like, I always say, like, the STEM crowd, like, the very, like, Mm -hmm. engineering, analytical minds. Like, I sometimes wonder if they're listening to, like, women like us talk about listening to our gut and they're like, what the hell is that?
1: I know, I know. It sounds so hippy-dippy, I
0: know. No, I I think it it sounds true. It's like, but how do we put that into words? And I know, like, I know what works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I know meditation is an entree into that sort of place for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What does it look like, like, when you're checking in with yourself and you're really trying to hear the the voice inside, your intuition, Mm -hmm. what does it look like for you? What helps you get there?
1: I find that I am most in tune with what's going on um, for me. And obviously this makes a lot of sense is when I'm actually out of my day to day routines and traveling. Frankly. <laughs> um, I think I, I do some of my best thinking and my best writing and, am um, most thoughtful um, when I'm on an airplane, even though this is a whole other topic, I hate to fly. <laughs> um, but, um, it's like the weirdest thing. <laughs> how how can someone in my position hate to fly, but you're talking to her. Um, so, um, you know, for me having those moments for you, like you said, um, the meditation piece, I think, um, it, it, that definitely res- resonates with me too. Um, I think that it's just being alone and getting out of those routines, um, so that you're more aware and alert, um, not only with your surroundings, but with yourself. Um, and that doesn't have to be on an airplane per se. Um, but I think just, uh, removing yourself from the, those things that come very habitually and very naturally so that we actually have to stir things up in ourselves, um, is a really good thing. And, and I think that, that does, that helps.
0: Nice. So talk to us a little bit more about the travel. So like you left corporate okay. America and okay. now you're doing what?
1: Yeah. So um, initially when I went on my first trip, I, I had traveled in, to various places and with friends for many years, um, but I had never traveled alone before. And that was a very different thing and a very big step for me when I decided to leave Gymboree when I did. I really just wanted to be by myself. I really just wanted to have that time alone and away from everything and everything that was sort of normal and, like I said, routine for me. And so uh, when I first left for Switzerland, um, I had wanted to just start writing um, as a means of sharing with everyone back home what I was doing and sharing my experiences, how I was feeling about things, you know, being there on my own. It was a great way for me, to, obviously to um, stay connected to everyone, but also a great cathartic process for me as well. And I realized with every post that I was getting a lot of really great feedback from people who were reading it and not just even my closest friends or family by any means. Um, and, um, and so it was really awesome to take that in and think to myself, um, wow, you know, I might actually be good at this. And um, I, that was never something I would have ever thought about myself in the past. Um, so I continued to write as I've traveled, um, and it's definitely um, taken on a life of its own. Um, you know, I've been very lucky to have been published in the Huffington Post. And other channels, um, you know, uh, that where I've been able to pick up um, new readers and new sets of eyes um, to connect with what what my experiences have been. So that's been really awesome. Um, what that's also led to, um, and Switzerland, of course, <laughs> you can you can barely go wrong when you're traveling in remote parts of Switzerland in the fall when it comes to <laughs> photography. But I happened to be there at a great time. And I was able to capture some really great images um, and, again, listen to the feedback that was coming back to me about my photography. Um, also, uh, something else that, that I really enjoyed doing is um, I just love textiles. It's is a little bit off, but uh, with the color and texture and um, what I have uh, started to do um, – several years ago is bring fabric back with me from different locations that's authentic to each place that I go and kind of um, create an iconic image that I acrylic paint on the fabric and frame them. So those are um, available in addition to my photography and the writing that I do um, in uh, different places in San Diego where I live as well as online through my website, and um, I also now do art shows and whatnot. So I support myself um, through my travel in those ways now, which um, has been fantastic.
0: Amazing. I was surprised when I went back to your site because I had seen the photography and been kind of checking in here and there over the the last couple of years, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, and now she's making all this art with fabric as oh. well. I was like, this is amazing.
1: I love that stuff actually a lot. Um, And in particular, um, if I go somewhere that specifically has, uh, you know, like a great example was I was in Poland last year. And um, Polish folk fabric is so vibrant and colorful and has such neat, intricate patterns to it. I was so excited to bring it back with me to create some um, pieces using that because it just screams Poland um, to anyone who um, either has been there before or might have Polish heritage. And I definitely got a lot of that feedback um, when I was showing it last year when I got back. So that was pretty neat.
0: That's amazing. So -hmm. Robin, I have to ask When you, when you made the leap and you were sort of sitting on the plane and heading to Switzerland and hanging out there and just starting to write, Mm -hmm. like, did you, did you have a plan at that point? Like, were you like, all right, I want to parlay this into a career and you were sort of trying to engineer that or did this unfold more organically?
1: Super organically, um, (laughs) hands down, um, I, my thought was that I would go away maybe for a couple of months. Um, I actually, um, it was almost four years ago to the day when I went, when I did that first trip to Switzerland
0: Wow! and,
1: um, yeah, it was literally, I think October 1st and, um, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to go for, I, I left it open-ended. I didn't have a ticket to come back, but I was pretty sure I was thinking I'd come back for the holidays. Um, and um, so I, I I roughly thought to myself, I'll go away for a couple of months, um, you know, go where the wind takes me and come back and maybe start looking for something else in the new year. And when I got back, um, it just it wasn't the right time. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel that a typical or traditional work environment was right for me anymore. Um, And (laughs) again, a whole other topic we can talk about is (laughs) the workplace and like what work means um, in the U.S. in particular. That's looks like a whole other thing. But, um, you know, going back to uh, what I was mentioning before about people being uh, uncomfortable with change and and non-traditional lifestyles um, this the whole idea of work and going back to a job um, was very um, uncomfortable for a lot of people in my life, um, <laughs> and I think that um, when I realized that what I truly wanted out of life was twofold. Um, one was I wanted to be able to travel the world and see and experience the world as much as possible in in big chunks of time where I could really immerse myself, not just float around Europe or, you know, here and there. I really wanted to have like true, like authentic experiences. So, which is why I typically travel for about six to eight weeks at a time and just sink myself in somewhere. Wow. Um, That's amazing. That, well, when, once I realized that that was, um, what I really wanted to do, um, I knew that a traditional workplace was not going to support that probably.
0: <laughs> Six <laughs> um, to eight weeks so, out of the office, yeah, you know, what, four yeah. or five times a year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, even my goal right now is to do it twice a year. And even that, I think it was really pushing it. So, um, so that, was that was for sure at the, one of the reasons. the other thing was is probably um, you know me I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Um, and this is uh, so interesting since you and I uh, have met through Pat Newell. Um, yes. but you know, I have had uh, people pass in my life at young ages, and those The lessons that those passings give to me are not lost on me. I know that tomorrow is not promised. And I really take that to heart and feel very strongly about living a life that reflects that. And so spending time with my family and friends and people I love is very important to me and was is essentially the second goal of how I wanted to spend my time here essentially so marrying those two things um I realized that even if I there just isn't an easy way to rectify that in a traditional work setting so um I needed to get creative and I think that um thankfully you know the photography and the art and even my writing for that matter you know, have provided me opportunities um, to continue to have the lifestyle that I have right now and be able to still be true to those two main goals that I have. And that is truly how I want to live my life. Um, so, you know, going back to work now, quote unquote, it, it makes me giggle. Um, not only does it give me like nausea, <laughs> but, um, it it also just doesn't fit with how I want to live my life. So
0: I don't know if you kind, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, no, That's it's such a long winded answer, but I guess that sort of explains it. Yeah, and it's
0: and it's interesting that you you sort of talk about like going back to work mm-hmm. kind of makes you queasy, and I, <laughs> I think I don't know if you experience this, but I I do on my end. Yeah. And it's like, it feels really funny to me yeah. to say like when people ask what I do for work or like, oh, oh. I need to work tomorrow because it doesn't, oh. it doesn't like, I feel like putting that word on it doesn't yeah. jive with how I feel about it. Like Absolutely. I get to make, I get to co-create a better life with my female clients, right? Like I get Absolutely. to sit and like ask questions and do what is really creative and really in flow for me Yes, and help someone live a better life or like record a podcast like we're doing right now and talk to really interesting women about their story and their journey. Like, how do you call that work? Like, I have trouble reconciling it some days. Kara, I
1: could not agree more. Um, And I feel exactly the same way. Um, And I think having traveled and spent some significant time in other places around the world, I mean, I've said this before, uh, but I I do think that the U.S. has a very worked sense of work. And, um, you know, for me, um, you know, what I, you know, to, to think about spending eight to 10 hours a day, which is what I was doing before in my past life, as I call it. Um, it, it, it's not achieving the goals; those those two main goals that I have, you know, um, at all, and um, and certainly um, takes a toll on has taken a toll on me in other ways. So, um, to to your point, you know, to be able to do what I love and still um, create an income from that is really at the crux of what I am trying to do as far as my lifestyle is concerned. Um, I don't think, you know, going to work, I think there are, let me put it this way. There are plenty of ways to earn income um, to support the lifestyle that you want to have. Um, You do have to get creative. Yes. I think um, sometimes, um, but it doesn't mean that you need to be, you know, shackled to an eight to ten hour work day and going to a place of quote unquote work. So um anyway. Yeah, I completely agree with you about that.
0: And, you know, for everyone listening, like that sounds sort of pie in the sky, right? Like that, I know. That we're absolutely. like life is so blissful. I mean mm-hmm. shit breaks and I'm sure you have flights cancelled and reservations absolutely. screwed up. Like Absolutely. What's, what's the hidden side? Like, if someone was thinking, "I want to do what Robin's doing," like, sure. what should what should they know?
1: Well, um, I think that um, they need to know that to your point number one, it doesn't always go that smoothly. Um, just logistically, <laughs> you know, you do have to be ready to roll with the punches. Um, But the other thing, too, is that you have to really be ready to embrace a simple life and a simple lifestyle. And I think that that is one of the things that um, I've been able to do pretty successfully over the last couple of years. Um, I wrote an article a couple of years ago um, that was also in the House Post and on my website as well um, about um, how I live out of a suitcase. And I truly live out of a suitcase, even when I'm home.
0: <laughs> and it's now the I, comfort, um, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But, and not only that, I actually have um, felt, I, I, I've always sort of believed that, um, you know, the lighter the load, the lighter the spirit. <laughs> and um, I think that as I have let things, physical things, you know, kind of go from my home at the time and, and, uh, you know, paring things down and just living more simply, um, in relationships in um, you know, like I said, just lifestyle and, and my home. Um, it really, um, allows you to, um, have this kind of lifestyle where you can sort of either pick up and go or be okay with leaving people, um, for periods of time, that kind of thing. Um, I just recently sold my condo that I've had for the last eight years. And I wow. still also sold everything in the condo, <laughs> um, aside from two pieces that kind of had some special meaning to me. And that was a big step in continuing sort of on this uh, journey of freedom that I have, um, because I just no longer wanted the mortgage I didn't want to be mired down by, um, you know, sort of those physical things any longer, and and now I am, um, yeah, I'm ready to go when I when I want to and need to. So that was a big step too.
0: That's not to a that I'm not huge going...
1: step. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, not to say that at some point in the future, you know, it'll be right for me to you know, have somewhere um, that I want to call home again. Um, but I would say, I mean, for me anyway, um, home is just wherever I am. I- I've been so lucky to, um, with my family and with great friends who, you know, say, come stay with me for a month if you want, or, you know, use my folks' house as kind of a, a home base if I need to or whatnot. I've been very lucky in that regard Um, And I think wherever it is that I am and on my travels too, I feel very much at peace with the decisions I've made wherever I am to get me to wherever I am. So um, the sense of home has sort of changed as well.
0: Beautiful, beautiful and brave. I mean, you know, Robin, we were talking Mm -hmm. before the show about how I had recently moved and, you know, there's something when you make a big move and, and knowing that we were moving back towards New York City, you yeah. know, things were going to be smaller. So it, it, I was really spending a good amount of time when I was packing, like, downshifting, like, how much, yeah. you know, how much joy does this thing bring me? Because putting it in right. boxes right now kind of feels shitty. Um, right, right. And it just felt heavy. And so there was a lot that we gave away and and got rid of or donated or whatnot but that's like downsizing how (laughs) on like my mind is a little bit blown as you just kind of (laughs) like casually toss that in there how did you how did you like completely downshift to just like basically some boxes or a couple of pieces of furniture <laughs> I know, um, a huge question. I feel like we could probably just do a sure. whole podcast just on that oh and, and hang out with Marie Kondo.
1: <laughs> There's no question. I know, I know. Um, you know, um, I will say that um, in addition to my photography and artwork that have um, helped um, provide income for me over the last several years one of the other things um, that has been really helpful. And again, I completely had to think outside the box um, when I knew I wasn't going to go back to a traditional workplace um, and knew what kind of lifestyle I wanted. Um, I began um, renting my home out um, as a vacation rental. And um, that is not for everyone either. Um, But I, it, it was something that worked very well for me and I was very open to it. Um, and I loved the process and I really enjoyed allowing people to experience San Diego and help, um, help them have a great experience while they were here, um, through the use of my home. And so I had already started whittling things down, um, you know, um, physical things in my home um to things um, that were pretty generic um that I wouldn't be nervous if it broke um that kind of thing Got uh, it. but I did still keep of course um some things um you know, in the garage and whatnot, um, but not a lot um, and uh, so it was it was a it was a pretty easy transition for me to get to the current stage um where I was ready to just kind of let it all go. Um, you know, I just think to myself, do I really need this couch? Like, I can, if I really, really, uh, you know, can't live without it, I'll just buy another one, <laughs> you know? Um, and it, it just, some of those things just became um, a little, um, it just was a, a, almost easier to sort of let those things go, knowing that I can always replace it. Um, and those few things that I didn't feel were, were replaceable are the things that I kept
0: got it, got it. So your life is truly in a suitcase now, and as someone who <laughs> travels not not nearly for the length of time, but I mean for me, it's yeah. a week here and there or four or five days yeah. here and there, but and yeah. you know I'm really fortunate that when my husband gets to go to a, a conference, you know yeah. somewhere cool like Nashville or Austin or Montreal, like if there's a free yeah. hotel room and a door with working Wi-Fi, <laughs> like I'm good to go. Yeah. So Love I'm it. like, all yeah. right, I'm 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 taking over the room while you're gone all day. And Definitely. So. I have never and and I used to travel like years ago when I was doing bankruptcy and trouble debt restructuring that was like yeah hey you're going for you know maybe three or four weeks at first when you're figuring out like what's going like when you're getting the lay of the land and it's like are we going to have to take this client through bankruptcy is there another way to turn this around you know, that would yeah. be like a really like intense, that might be like you pack for a week and then you're there for a month and you're wearing the same clothes and you, you look kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Or it would be like you start doing the the Monday through Friday, Monday through kind of Saturday thing.
1: Absolutely. I know those, uh, those weeks.
0: But despite all of that travel, I feel like I have never gotten a really great handle on how to not feel schlubby. And without Ooh. having to pack like 17 suitcases. Like I, I, you know, like I see other women sometimes and I think they must have like, they must have shipped in like a crate of outfits because I never feel like that <laughs> together or that organized when I'm on the road. So I, I know, I can't resist asking you today. Like, yeah. What are some tips from the road? Like, yeah, what is in that suitcase of yours, and (laughs) what can we learn from it? Oh, my gosh. I wish I could, like, video it for you. It's so boring in there, let me tell you.
1: And, you know, you just really learn through this paring down process what you can live without. Um, And I have the most boring – I mean, thankfully, I – Fashion is not at the top of my interest list, um, and th- and thank goodness for that, actually, because I, to your point, schlubby, like, it describes me
0: day in and day out.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> Robin, I've seen pictures he, of you. You never look schlubby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, feel, I do feel it sometimes, but to your point, like, you know, for instance, I'm going to be going to um, Buenos Aires soon, I have a trip to Argentina planned in a couple weeks, which I'm super excited about. And I think that if I don't get my act together and come with a bunch of scarves and um, you know really cute looking outfits, I'm going to stick out like a fucking sore thumb. <laughs> so um, it's going to be a problem. But um, as far as what how I typically live, um, it's very uh, um, it's very simple is the best way I can say it. I've got I, I pretty much stick. With a black and gray toned theme throughout everything in my suitcase, I have um, about four or five um, sets of pants. I have about five or six uh, long-sleeved slash short-sleeved T-shirts <laughs> that I can layer. Um, and it's not much more than that. Um, and so, and, you know, I also live, for, uh, thankfully, you know, I live in an area here in the U.S. that really dresses down. Um, you know, if I lived in the heart of Manhattan, this would not be working. But, um, thankfully, um, it's a very casual environment here. And even when I travel, that does come with me, really, for the most part, that, that theme. Um, but, you know, ha- <laughs> I'm stuttering over my words because I know that there are probably a lot of people listening who feel the same way that you just shared, which is, how is this possible? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you, um, it, it's all about simplicity. I just keep going back to that. You know, you have to let go of what other people might think. Um, you know, you like I said, um, you have you realize what you can live without. And you realize that the people that love and care for you in this world don't care if you're wearing the same black long sleeve T-shirt day in and day out, and um, I think that's I've become very comfortable with that.
0: As someone who's been accused by her husband of of. <laughs> Being kind of like a Lego person, like I sort of have (laughs) like, especially during the week when I'm when I'm working, and I'm just I'm behind a closed door. And, you know, maybe on Skype. And it's like, I have like this sort of uniform, which I know there's going to be a lot of my friends who are in fashion or into Mm -hmm. shopping that are just going to roll their eyes. And when I say, you know, it's like, I have a certain sweatshirt or sweater <laughs> yeah. and, like, jeans or yoga pants that, like, depending yeah, on how active I am. Because sometimes, like, I'm on the phone for big stretches at a time, so I want to be able to, like, if I have 15, 20 minutes in between a call to be able to stretch for a few minutes and not have to feel yeah. like i got to change my clothes to do that or I'm, I'm restricted absolutely. in some way.
1: Right, um, right. I agree.
0: But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the simplicity thing, It's it's definitely – Taken, uh, it's definitely taken a lot of stress off of the like, what do I wear? It's like, well, yeah. I mostly buy everything in black or gray and and yeah, zhuzh it up with some red, yeah. purple, and hot pink, but that's otherwise, like, that's happens. the framework.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, you know, when you're traveling, people don't know any differently anyway, what you typically, you know, look or dress like, so um you can easily get away with it there, but. Um, you know, the way for me to, when I travel, you know, people ask about, again, like living, going back to living out of a the suitcase, um, there's really um, one of the questions that you had alluded to um, before our interview was, you know, if I had any packing hacks. And um, I really don't have any packing hacks at all. Just a tip, um, which is to stay in places where there are a washer and dryer. And um, you can just continue to use what's in your suitcase over and over again and, and, and um, you know, just wash them. Um, when I travel, I almost exclusively stay um, at um, VRBO locations, our home away locations, um, okay. so it's more like a home, um, mm-hmm. and that I have the amenities that I need in order to you know, perpetuate this simple lifestyle. <laughs> so it's not for everybody. But, you know, if, if it is something that appeals to you and, you know, you are in a position, position where you can tear down and live more simply, um, it's doable. Um, but you do sometimes have to make choices, you know, like maybe staying at places um, that have a washer and dryer that help perpetuate your, the lifestyle you want. So, um, so anyway, it, it, you know, making those kinds of decisions definitely helps the ultimate goal for me. Um, and so anyway, so it, it, it's actually become much easier to live out of a suitcase than I ever thought it could be. Um, and it's just given me some interesting, you know, lessons along the way, obviously, just in living more simply. So anyway, it, to your point, it's like a twofold Simple thing. It keeps things easy on the day to day, but it also um, allows me to do other things that I you know might not be able to do.
0: Got it. So I imagine you you just you just mentioned the word lessons and I imagine you have learned a ton of them. Do you have any favorite stories? Any any lessons learned from the road? Any, or anything that maybe surprised you in your travels? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, yes. Um, I think maybe uh, it's, it's almost overwhelming the amount of things I could probably share. Um, <laughs> but um, I would say probably first and foremost, um, it's I think traveling um, and being able to experience um, having these experiences on my own, in particular, um, it really allows you to be more open to other people um, than I would if I was traveling with a friend um, or a partner, um, you know, or someone that I was with a tour group or whatnot. Um, you realize when you're out there and when you're on your own that um, you really do need other people (laughs) to help you, strangers. And you begin to uh, realize and rely on the kindness uh, that's out there. And um, that has definitely, that always comes back with me. Um, A great example is um, I remember coming back from a trip once and I had some friends over um, and it was nighttime and we were back in my home and it was dark out and there was a knock on the door. And I would say um, that if I had not just come back from this trip or I had some of these experiences out there traveling on my own where meeting other people and, um, and really appreciating their kindness hadn't stuck out to me and, and stuck with me for as it has... Um, I probably would not have answered the door and turned off the lights and pretended no one was home. But um, I, you know, my friends were like, don't answer that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we were like peek out the shutters and, uh, you know, seeing it was a man standing out there, someone we had never seen before. Um, and I went and opened the door and it was a man who had just frankly run out of gas on the freeway that wasn't far from my home, and my light was on. And he came and asked if he could get water from our, our um, faucet outside the building. And that's all he wanted. You know, he wasn't there to create trouble. He wasn't there, um, you know, to do anything but try and help himself. And again, hoping that a stranger might be kind to him as well. And that really, that example just kind of resonated with me, because um, I I just think it just trickles down, you know,
0: (laughs) it's contagious, right? Like, when you experience the milk of human kindness, when you you get to swig off of it a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go back, in some ways. Mm
1: -hmm. It's true. Yeah. Um, So I think that would be maybe the biggest Take away, and that—that that I think has had maybe one of the biggest influences on me when I travel, um, and um, to—and I love actually that that has manifested itself in small ways in my life um, that have helped others, you know, just in very, very, in very small ways. So, anyway, I hope that man got his car started and he was
0: on his way. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean
0: it's it's karma, right? It'll yeah, it'll totally. come back on you one way or another. You get to, wow. you get to sort of Hopefully. choose. <laughs> Hopefully, Tara, <laughs> you put the good stuff out, and you hope it comes back. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so, Robin, you get to go on all of these amazing adventures, and really there's there's no way to describe the images they're beautiful and and just the stories from the road i think you know i really want to encourage anyone listening to make sure they take some a couple of minutes after listening and check out your site because there's there's nothing i can do or you can do sonically to to capture those images in words or we'd be here for weeks but like I, you know, I've seen all the locations that you've been to, like Scandinavia, Europe, you're heading to South America soon. Mm-hmm. How do you decide where you're going next? mm mm-hmm. um, You know, it's all just curiosity,
1: uh, I think, is what it comes down to. Um, I'm just curious about the world and, um, and the way that people live that's different from me. Um, and um, I probably the, the place that I've been is, is Indonesia uh, and Bali. That that was probably the most different from what I experienced on a day-to-day level at home. Um, and that was very eye-opening and probably the most rewarding uh, just because uh, there were, you know, so many neat things that I learned. I just felt like I was learning every single day there. Um, but. Uh, As far as, you know, last year, I think I mentioned I went to Poland, and that was probably the biggest surprise of a country that I've been to. I actually have Polish heritage, so it had definitely influenced my wanting to go there. Um, And it just seemed like one of those places that people... It is. I think we all can agree. I mean, for the past, you know, half a century Poland has sort of lived under a bit of a dark cloud in different ways. And, um, I think it's finally sort of coming out from that. Um, and I really just wanted to try to uncover, um, the beauty of Poland that people don't have any idea that exists there. <laughs> and, um, and I think through some of my images, I was definitely able to do that, and probably even more so through my writing to be honest um, and so if i for i I like to go to places that people um that are might be a little under the radar that um uh, many people maybe haven't experienced thoroughly yet for themselves, and to be able to share with them um again through my writing and photography um just how uh you know, neat of a culture, um, it might be, uh, and how beautiful um, a country may be that it, that may surprise them. So that's kind of my goal. Um, and I think that, uh, in Argentina, actually, which is where I'm going to be going soon. Um, I think is one of those countries that's sort of on the precipice right now of becoming a, it's tourism industry. I think is really going to start booming in the next couple of years so I was really hoping to get there before that happened and have kind of a look at things there. Um before it was it was um for lack of a better word, you know, tainted um yep. or influenced too much by tourism. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I get what you're saying. Having you know, having been to Moscow, even mm-hmm. even Iceland, I remember being yeah. incredibly surprised where it's like I got there and was really yearning for it to f- Feel like a very foreign place, and mm-hmm. then walked, you know, walked about five minutes from my hotel, and it was, I think it was an Exxon gas station with, like, a Dunkin' yeah. Donuts or a Starbucks, uh, like, in it. It was one of those, like, joint things, and I was sure. like, where in the hell do you need to go to to <laughs> not, like, to not be around this, to have it feel right. different, right. and, and even Russia, like, as foreign as Moscow felt in a million ways and as cold as all get out as it was in December. Yeah. There were ways it felt like a whole nother universe. And then there were ways where it's like, Oh, there's the Lamborghini dealership. There's the Rolex store. Like it was just like, we've become this like global economy that you can't kind of get away from. So I, I completely understand your point about like, I got to get in there and see it before it, All those creature comforts that everyone else expects to have there are there.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm really lucky that um, squeezed into this trip um, uh, in the next couple of months will be um, an excursion or expedition to Antarctica. And so it'll be sort of um, smushed into the middle of my Argentina trip. And um, I think that that may be... (laughs) Maybe that in the North Pole. Maybe the only places we won't find those Dunkin'
0: Donuts. (laughs) So
1: I'll have to report back to you on that. (laughs) I
0: can't wait. I can't wait to hear.
1: (laughs) I might just need to Photoshop in a McDonald's, like on the shoreline or something, just to, you know, on, on like a glacier. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but,
1: you know, actually, um, going back to what you were saying also about um, the influence from outside and from tourism and whatnot and, and how that sometimes takes over in certain areas of countries, um, it's one of, the, one of the reasons why I um, want to travel for these longer periods of time, like I keep saying, like six to eight weeks. Because when I am there for that long, um, it does allow me to um, go back to places. Um, it does multiple times um, to see things at different times of day, uh, different um, you know seasons sometimes. I felt like when I was in Switzerland, I experienced three different seasons in like, uh, you know, one month. Um, and it allows me to um, have experiences um, that are different, even in the same locale. So um, and to be able to dig in a little bit more um, and get to all the nooks and crannies where maybe some of that outside influence hasn't really gotten to yet. So um, that's also um, the, uh, what I look for um, when I'm when I'm traveling.
0: And you know, I think of of travel shows. Like I, I think of Tony Bourdain's show. Yeah. And that, like, when he gets to places, he often has friends or contacts that are are local that can kind of help point them in the direction. How are you just sort of having to navigate and dig on your own? Have you been able to build Mm -hmm. contacts to help you kind of like get that real experience?
1: You know, I'm so lucky because I do feel like everywhere I go, I come back with at least one or two people that I'm still in contact with from these different um, from these different places which is so awesome. The problem is, is that there's so many places that I would like to go that I never want to go back to the same place. (laughs) So, um, so I love having these contacts with people um, and love continuing a relationship with them. Um, But I, I also know in my heart of hearts, I probably won't be back there anytime soon. You know, Um, I hope our paths will cross again at some point, whether I'm there or they're here. Um, But you know, there's just so many places I'd like to tackle out there that it seems like I'm starting fresh every time. Um, But I, uh, you know, I am similar to you, I think, in that I actually don't like to prepare much um, before I go abroad. Um, I like to have a very rough idea of the lay of the land. Um, I'm pretty good with geography and and I, I need to have that visual of, for direction purposes and whatnot um, and to have a pretty good idea of distances and whatnot. But, um, you know, aside from maybe looking up, um, uh, you know, transportation and, um, uh, like I said, distances between places and maybe, you know, what sort of each region of the country might offer, um, I really like to be surprised. And I think that that has served me well in my writing um, because I, if you've read some of it and uh, I've had this feedback from people too, um, you know, it's, it's pretty rare that I, I try to be as honest as I can, obviously, with my experiences, but I'm so typically pleasantly surprised and happy to be experiencing whatever I'm, I'm doing that there's almost always a positive spin on everything. And I like that. I think there's something to be taken away um, from everywhere, Uh, you know, no matter what the circumstances or or whatnot, there have been plenty of times when I might have been disappointed um, in a place, but you find something that, um, that you'll never maybe get to see again, that you're going to take back with you. And and you just kind of, you know, take that as, as the, the positive takeaway. But, um, Anyway, I I just think that um, I I just like the element of surprise and experiencing things and letting them unfold as they may. Um, Overscheduling is not um, something that I'm comfortable with. Um, I like to be able to let the day sort of take me where it's going to. And sometimes I think you find the best things around those corners when you're least expecting it.
0: Oh, 100%. Yes. And you you said a, a trigger word in my world, overscheduling. Mm. Mm. Have you always been like that? Or is that something you had to learn? Um, that's a new thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that again, in my past life,
1: that's kind of how I function. Um, I think too, you know, I do understand. you um, Not every Not most people, not even not everybody, most people don't have six to eight weeks to travel in a year. So I do get that it's important maybe for if you have a week or two when you're on vacation, that there are things that you might not want to miss and that you want to make sure you get to see and experience and whatnot. But um, even in those periods of time, um, I just think there's so much going on locally in different places, um, in different Small towns and um you know in that local restaurant and that local cafe you know that that non-touristy place down the road that you want to take a half an hour bus ride to there's just so much meat in those places to me travel wise um that i would not want to miss out on um by over scheduling other things that people tell you that you need to go see so um Anyway, it, it it does kind of come back to listening to your gut also, um, yep. and um, and where where like I said it, it tells you to go, and where like I said the day takes you. So I sound a little bit like a broken record, but it seems to be a common theme.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think the more women can hear that in different ways, and I I think I think what you just described is a parallel. To just overscheduling in general. Like, Mm -hmm. I know as I've dialed back what's important and really honed in on a sense of prioritization. Yeah, there are a million things that I would love to do because I am a curious critter, much like yourself. Yeah. Like, there's a million things I could fill my time up. But, like, you know, then you have to be careful. Like, is it desire? Is it obligation? Mm -hmm. And. Whenever I leave myself time to just sort of, like, noodle with some project or just, yeah. you know, go walk around the city or just fuck around with a friend and, like, yeah. you know, just do dumb stuff. Like, just, yeah. you know, not have a plan. Like, kind of just see where the day takes you. Like, that yeah. is it. – it is in those unscheduled spaces where mm-hmm. – so much creativity can be generated so much mm-hmm. energy can be generated so much like connecting the dots like i know when you know back when i used to make financial models like being able mm-hmm. to put it away for a night yeah. or a day and then come back you always could find the what was screwed up with it you know yeah. within a couple of minutes versus just toiling at it i've got to keep yeah. going
1: right very true
0: so, Robin, I want to be mindful of your time, and I love everything that you've been sharing with me and indirectly with everyone eavesdropping Thank on you. us on the podcast. I wanted to, to ask you some some champagne questions, and so these okay. are a little bit more bubble-like questions, and you can expand all you want, and I'll just kind of roll through them just to kind of hear your your gut response, because we've been talking mm-hmm. gut today. Uh-huh, yes, Perfect. So I know music and play used to be a big part of your life for a long time. Yeah. So what what song pumps you up or soothes you the most?
1: <laughs> um, you know what song totally revs me up. I don't even. I think I'm really going to date myself here. Um, but um, there's a song by a band called República that's called "Ready to Go." <laughs> and it's super hard driving like it's like the kind of song that like, they'd play like maybe like like on an NFL game day like before yeah it's um, a jock you know, jam
0: <laughs> it's totally got <laughs> to totally, be a jock jam totally
1: but i have to tell you there's something about that song that really pumps me up so i i got to go with that
0: awesome.
1: um, and you know um it's, it's an interesting word um, <laughs> i would Led Zeppelin has um, a song called The Rain Song, which is obviously very um, well known. And the minute I hear that first guitar chord, I practically well up with tears. I just think it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And when I need to kind of come down off the ledge, well, this is a great example of my um, crazed um Behavior on airplanes. Well, not behavior. Don't worry, people. I'm not like going to, you know, <laughs> open a door or anything. But, um, but I do get really nervous and turbulence is terrible for me. And so if I put on the rain song by Led Zeppelin, it will totally bring me off the ledge. And um, it's so, it's so my go to. Um, I actually just happened to be talking with a great friend of mine the other day um, about. Um, sort of an ambient song that um, I'll never forget um, lying. It sounds like so, whose life is this for God's sakes? Um, <laughs> you know, I was lying on the front of um, of a boat I was on in Indonesia um, in the middle of the night, and no one else was around. Um, everyone was sleeping, um, and it was a black sky with um, just tremendously bright stars and you're sort of being locked and lulled by the cadence of the waves. And there was no other sound. And there was a song that was on my um, earphones by a band called zero seven.
0: Um, and um, yes. do you know zero seven? I do know zero seven. Oh my
1: God. I got the chills. Um, yeah. Their, their stuff is just uh, really resonates with me. And um, there's a song in particular um, years ago that they recorded called This World. And um, the way that the song just uh, like crescendos at certain parts combined with where I was at the moment, um, it, it's, I'll never forget it. So that's another song too that um, brings me to a really peaceful place.
0: Very cool. <laughs> And I know you, you, tra- you travel pretty light with, with your suitcase, but what <laughs> book or film or other type of art, and it can be your own or something else, do you go back to for inspiration again and again? Yeah. Well... You'd think it would be eat, pray, love, because
1: everybody asked <laughs> if I've seen i I didn't <laughs> want to
0: ask you that question. I was like, I'm not touching that. She probably has answered it 10 billion times.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, if I had a penny, I'm telling you. Um, but, uh, and oddly, I have never, uh, read that book. I did end up finally seeing the movie on uh, just because I just needed to shut people up, but, um, But uh, you know, for me, um, I um, especially since I have begun to focus more on my own photography and um, learning about what works and doesn't work, and and what makes me feel certain ways and whatnot, um, and doing more art shows. um, I uh, photography actually of other people um, really inspires me, Um, and uh, in addition to. Painting, in particular acrylic painting, which is actually why I do acrylic prints. Um, it's not, it's very simple and not fancy, of course, what I do, but it's definitely inspired by that. And I, I love the medium and I love the creativity of it. Um, and I find that acrylic painting in particular is, um, it's just a bolder uh, medium, I think, uh, than others. And uh, and I like the style of it. So, um, so I, I would say those two things.
0: Very cool. And what's your favorite tool, app, gadget, any any indispensable one? Oh, my
1: gosh. I'm telling you, if I could play around with my converter app, like, all day, I would. So, <laughs> basically, you can get these apps, you know, that convert, like, everything um, in one place. Temperature, length, um, you know, measurements, currency. And when I am traveling I am on that thing constantly to try to determine, um, to make sense of things. (laughs) So, um, there's a million of them out there. Um I use a very simple one. I can't remember the name of it, name of it off the top of my head, but I love it so much um, because it's so useful to me and it's just plain interesting, you know um but currency in particular is fascinating to me because you know you've been to Scandinavia, so you will appreciate this, but I remember being in Copenhagen and you know where everything is um. A little inflated, to say the least.
0: Yes, um, one and, of the most um, expensive places I've I've been to, I think, for sure. Just even for day, um, the day-to-day things, absolutely.
1: And I remember um, I really needed a coat um, that was appropriate for the weather there, and I would go into these different shops and have my little app up the whole time and push in, you know, those millions of uh, whatever the currency is there, and I'm blinking. Um, and, uh, what it, what it translated to an American dollar. So I at least had some idea of like it, how much it was going to break my bank. Um, but, uh, anyway, it, it's, I just find those apps fun and useful and, um, and it's definitely necessary when I'm on the road.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And Robin and I will connect after and we'll make sure it gets into the show notes so that Great. everyone listening will know. Okay. And how do you organize and manage your tasks on a day-to-day basis?
1: Um, while I'm traveling or while I'm home,
0: I think either or both.
1: Hmm. Um, well, I love I, I love pick.
0: trend analysis, right? So, like, what's the difference between A and B?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. It, it, to be honest, I mean. Yeah, I guess there isn't much different that I do <laughs> in either place. Um, but I, I just think that it's about prioritizing, frankly. Um, are you are you looking for more, uh, you know, some, something that I use technology-based um, to help me organize or just, like, personally how I do it?
0: I'll take either. I think everyone has a really <laughs> different approach, so... Whichever you think would be more meaningful for other women who are feeling disorganized to go, Oh, that's an idea. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, it totally comes back to what I was saying earlier about, um, ensuring that you're sticking to what your, I I guess goals are, um, or just what your focus is. Um, you know, ultimately for me, um, experiencing the world and spending time with family and friends and people I love are the two things that I want to focus on um, to make life happy and fulfilling for me. And so on a day-to-day basis, those are the things that get my focus. Um, It's pretty easy, actually. Um, And most everything else kind of trickles down. So frankly, I know this might sound like a ladies who lunch kind of answer, because, but believe me, I am like the furthest thing from that. Um, but if I have a friend who at the last minute can meet me for lunch um, or a drink after, you know, after work um, before she heads home and we haven't seen each other for a while, you better believe I'm going to drop everything and that's what I'm doing. So, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's not a glamorous answer by any means. Um, But I think it just comes down to prioritizing and being very clear about what those priorities are.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And now I have a few questions that are all kind of related. And it's something, it's one of the reasons that I started this podcast is to really like Mm -hmm. understand how different women see the role of women today. So how Mm -hmm. would you define being a modern woman in 2016?
1: Oh, such a big question. Um, you know, to be as succinct as I can, um, I think that it's someone who has a strong sense of self. I keep coming back to that really. Um, someone who knows who she is, um, and isn't afraid to, um, the, the, has the integrity to stand up for who she is, what she wants. Um, and, does what she needs to do to get it. Um, as long as it's legal, I guess. Um, and I, (laughs) we won't judge. (laughs) No, I really wouldn't. Um, and I think also, um, someone who's not afraid to take risks and that is a scary proposition for a lot of people. Um, and I think many women, uh, including myself for maybe years, could come up with excuses as to why I shouldn't take the leap that I did or whatnot um, and, and are, find reasons not to shake things up or do things differently than everybody else. Um, but I do think that more and more that um, that's becoming um, a little bit more palatable for women. Um, and I think the fact that women can stand on their own these days and um, don't need to be supported by anybody. Um, they can just choose a path that is right for them without feeling influenced w- any one way. Um, so uh, I would say those two things.
0: Then what would you like to see modern women give more of a shit about? Uh, I think it's
1: a very hot topic right now. It has been for a while. Um, but work-life balance, That really resonates with me. Um, You know, having been and experienced um, other countries and other cultures um, for a while now and really talking with people that live there and have experienced um, life there, um, there's really still a lot in the U.S. that's very backwards um, or is just not as far along as in other parts of the world, and I think that that topic is one of those those things. Um, you know, just uh, I think about um, maternity leave and paternity leave, and uh, those are just two specifics of it all. And uh, you know, what what we are able to get here in the U.S. Um, is so different than what uh, others are around the world, and I think that there's still a lot to fight for. Um, in that arena to create change. So I would say work-life balance.
0: And then this question, I'm going to turn it around now and and ask, what would you like to see modern women give less of a shit about?
1: Oh, I know this is like, this is <laughs> such a, probably and maybe a, the easiest answer because it's so top of mind for all of us out there. And there's, debate about it all, but honestly, weight and appearance. And I actually made a promise to myself years ago um, when I just felt like I was starting to kind of get wind of you know the debate that's out there and and um, and in the U.S. obviously in particular. Um, and I remember making a promise to myself that I was never going to engage in talking about weight, frankly, with my friends, um, with people I know, with family, Um, I just think it is such a futile topic, (laughs) you know? And um, it's so prevalent and is so pervasive in so many parts of our culture for for women that um, I feel very strongly that I just no longer wanted to contribute to the dialogue about it. So, um, you know, it's a... I know that there are great benefits, obviously, and people strive to, um, to lose weight maybe for health and whatnot, but on a day-to-day basis, um, I really, uh, opt not to make that a focus of, um, a woman's, um, uh, of what I love about the women in my life. So anyway, that's what I would say.
0: And that's it's such an interesting statement to me, and such a, a profound way of of looking at things. Because I think so often when women reach out to me, and I can't think of an intake form that I've ever done with a client did that did not have the request to lose weight, sure, or, or change weight. Like you know, in a couple in yes. a couple instances, it was people, it was women who were having trouble keeping weight on for particular health mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah, And it is something that I always acknowledge and see mm-hmm. and I look at it and I'm like, okay, what is their attitude around this? What do they want to change? Yeah. But yeah. to me, it is not what I do. Like the weight mm-hmm. changing is a symptom for so many other physiological and often sometimes psychosocial things that are, are not right. You know, like, I mean, just what you were talking about earlier – in terms of like, you just knew in your gut that your job was mm-hmm. not the right thing. So it was manifesting for you in terms yes. of gut dysfunction and migraines. And yes. for other people, it manifests as weight. And you know, I, I, my clients sometimes a lot of them are like, I lost this many pounds, and I'm kind of like,
1: yeah,
0: I don't care. Your life is so much yes. better, and you're happier in your own skin. That's what matters Absolutely.
1: to me. Oh, I- <laughs> So relate to that. I And I love that about you, though, that that is that that's your focus. Um, I completely understand that. And, and a really, um, yeah, that totally resonates with me.
0: Cool. And I want to I want to turn the mic over to you now and, and sort of give you some carte blanche here as, as we begin to wind down. And yeah. I, I want to say, what do you most want Le Vital Course Salon listeners to know? Hmm. You
1: know, um, going back to some of the lessons that we talked about earlier, things that have really helped me stay on the path that I'm on, I think the things, one thing I would share uh, is, again, listen. Not only listen to what your gut is telling you, but listen to the great feedback that's coming back to you from people that surround you and love and, and that you trust. Um, don't be afraid to embrace positives that are coming your way instead of brushing them off um, To uh, you know, or being self-deprecating about who you are and your strengths and assets. You know, I think that all lends to making mm. a stronger self, and going, that goes back to you know, creating that strong sense of self and really embracing what people might be sharing about you. Um, and it can be a great thing. Um, and I think the other thing too, um, you know, this isn't groundbreaking by any means, but stop waiting for the perfect time, quote unquote, the perfect time. <laughs>
0: um, you know, yes. um, as a recovering I, perfectionist, I am very aware. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely had a lot of that in me as well. And, um, you know, going back to honoring those people, um, and friends, you know, in my life that have, that aren't here today, you know, um, if I'm not here tomorrow, I want to be able to say that I led the life that I wanted to lead, uh, uh, to lead. Um, and that, you know, this time is just limited. Um, and so there is no perfect time, you know, um, I know a lot of people have plans to do things, you know, well, when, when this ends or, you know, next year at this time or whenever that is, you know, after I do this, but, um, there really is no perfect time and to just embrace today and what can you do today to make a change towards, you know, the life that you want to live. That's what I would say.
0: Incredible. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think I got some secondhand advice. I think it was my father-in-law gave the advice to my husband when he was younger. And mm-hmm. my husband, in turn, has has used it, you know, especially when I get into a perfectionist rut from time to time. Yeah. And, it, and it does happen, people. I, I yeah, know. of it's, Recovery is always tenuous. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's stop getting ready to get ready. Like where you mm-hmm. just keep trying to like prep or like spin it you know, spinning in circles. Yes. Like you're just getting ready to get ready constantly.
1: Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you, if you're able to just take little steps, I mean, for me, the little step which happened, which ended up being life-changing was being able to press that book it, book it button for that Swiss flat. And um, it didn't take much. It took less than half a second. Um, but it definitely changed the course of my life. So um you know there's no perfect time, you know, you can do something today that's really going to um affect your life positively um tomorrow and beyond um just by taking little steps.
0: Well said. You just never know. <laughs> you never do. I I liked what you said earlier about, you know, our time, our to- our tomorrow, our our time is not promised. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Wise advice,
0: wise advice. And Uh, one last question before I let you run away. Um, Sure. If women listening want to learn more about you or your work, how can they do that?
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, actually, I would, I'm always loving when people join me on my trips via my blog Um, and you can definitely um, sign up for uh, my newsletter and follow uh, me um, as I write my way through these adventures. Um, The next one will be starting in a couple of weeks. I'll be leaving on October 18th for Argentina and Antarctica, and we'll definitely be – would love to have you along for that trip Um, and beyond that, obviously. Um, And just the social media channels as well – Facebook, Pinterest, the usuals, Twitter. Um, robin goes to um, is my business name and and my handle um, in social media, and uh, you can also find everything that's mine at robin to
0: Awesome, and I'll make sure everyone has all of those links. I just always like to like where's the best place to send them, so yeah, we'll we'll sure. get everyone covered in the show notes. But otherwise, Please. Robin, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation and just getting to hear your voice and connect with you again so this has been amazing thank you so much for being here
1: no thank you for having me Uh, and thank you for allowing me to share my experience with everybody honestly
0: awesome Hiya, uh, this is Kara again. Thanks for tuning in. All of today's show notes can be found at Le Vital Core Salon and then clicking on Blog. New shows will be up the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month, so stay tuned and do come back. Before I bounce, I want to give a big merci beaucoup to my producer Craig Snyder and to Rishi Deer of Elephant Stone and The High Dials for my most excellent theme music. And don't forget, women, You deserve a life spiked with passion and slathered with joy. Don't let burnout or bullshit slow you down. Until next time.